At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The following is a presentation of the College Athletes Network. Man, what a goddamn week. Welcome into episode three of the Gimme Timmy podcast on the College Athletes Network featured on iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Drew Timmy, here with the co-host, Noah Buono. And man, do we got some stuff to talk about today. Remember, guys, please subscribe to the channel. It helps me get better sleep, which hopefully equates to some more dubs. So we would really appreciate it if you hit that subscribe button. I mean, first of all, you must have been getting great sleep Saturday night versus the sleep you were getting Tuesday night before Texas, because what a difference in outcomes. Um, Let's dive right into it, man. What's your perspective, your take on just... I mean, we can start with the Texas game briefly. Like, what happened? What went wrong? Where did you guys turn? Um, because those two outcomes of those games were vastly different. Uh, so, yeah, let's let's get right into it, man. Let, we'll, we'll break it down for us. Yeah, I think, obviously, Texas took that game pretty personal, especially what happened last year. And uh, you could just tell they had that this extra fire about them. I think you could tell they, they kind of wanted it more. Not to say that we didn't want to win that game, but I just think they had that extra going for them. And then, obviously, like, their uh, arena was electric like and I definitely think the players and just coaches fed off that energy and I think it really gave them the boost that they needed to uh obviously kick our teeth in yeah it was tough I mean how much do you think what percentage of the environment did the environment play in you know what ended up transpiring because obviously you guys there was a couple you just had no fluidity throughout the Mm -hmm. game you couldn't really get comfortable you didn't come out with a bad start in the game it was just like once it became this overpour of like their comfortability and your guys's discomfort, obviously your guard struggled. I mean, yeah, what what percentage of that environment led to that outcome? I mean, I don't know the exact percentage, but a huge percent definitely just because, you know, when 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 you're doing bad and you're the home team, it's all right. You know your fans are still going to cheer you on and hype you up, but vice versa when you're on the other team and you turn the ball over and the the crowd's dogging you, you airball a shot, they're dogging you. That, that can pile up and that can and rattle people. And um, it's hard to counteract that momentum just because momentum is such a powerful tool in basketball. Yeah, I mean, they had all the juice. Like Tyrese Hunter, Mitchell, Disu. I mean, Tyrese Hunter had like his best career college game against you guys. Like yeah. he just was comfortable. They were ready. And then they had the dunks at the end. Mitchell was just, man, I was, I was, my mouth, was dropped when he had that left-handed put back. I was like, that's like the worst thing you want to happen in a game like that is they just have a dunk parade at the end while you're getting blown out by 20. I would kill for that athleticism. I'm not going to lie. I was, Dude, I was so jealous. Freak, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was so jealous. I was like, give me like just three inches of your vertical. You'll still be one of the highest jumpers in the country, yeah. but like just give me three. Like I'd love three inches or something. Dude, he's quick twitched. He was, yeah. he was amazing. I was not athlete. ready yeah, I mean, it was three possessions in a row, and at that point, those are just the cherry on tops. And he's a freshman; like he hasn't really been in, you know, many Texas mm-hmm. big atmosphere games against good opponents like that. But 
yeah, kudos to him. Kudos to Texas. They played a great game. Um, it just was kind of unfortunate because like it was your kind of homecoming moment. You you know you dropped thirty seven on them last year in Spokane, and it was hard to duplicate that this year in that environment, that new arena, that energy in there, that vibe. Like they just and I and I also will say about that game, like the way they played, no one in the country would have beat them. I mean, yeah. Because if you look at if like the scouting report before that game, they weren't really shooting the ball well, and then all of a sudden it's like everyone's a shooter, everyone's a shooter, and they were all hitting. It was just it was one of those games where they they had everything going for them as well. Not that not that we didn't like you know we obviously like are at fault for a lot of that, but I mean they had it going like the way they played. I don't think any team in the country would have beat them because that was crazy. I agree. I mean you you've also said a couple of times the last two episodes just about your guys' new group becoming more accustomed. You know, you have guys stepping into bigger roles than they're used to. You have transfers that have come in that are still adapting to this environment, to Coach View's system. Um I I believe maybe this is a little biased, but if you guys play them again in that mid season form that you've touched on that you guys are not at yet as a team, you know, the outcome of that game is either different or it's just overall better game. Because, you know, you, you got this whole season to kind of still build up to that. And you've touched on that before in prior episodes. Um, just about like how you guys are not at the point where you know you can get to and are hopefully going to be at, you know, come postseason play. Yeah, this team, it's new. It's not like the some of the previous teams I've been on where it's kind of just been like this steady incline consistently. This one's a little more up and down. And I think we've seen that even like with our gamers, Tennessee and stuff that this team has a lot of new pieces, a lot of new moving parts. You have guys like Nolan and Hunter coming into prominent roles. Guys got like Raw, Julian, and Ton getting even more of the spotlight and touches and prominency within the system. Then guys like Malachi and Efton who are brand new and still learning everything that we do in the Zag way. So uh, this team's good, and we're, we're still learning our identity, and you know we're still building our character and kind of figuring out how things work and what buttons to press and what buttons not not to press. But uh. We're getting there, and uh, it's going to be a process. It might not be as pretty as something that I've been used to, but uh, it's definitely something that uh, every like we got to go through, and we'll make it out for sure. Yeah, and you got to go through it, and I think it's also a cool test for you in what's probably your last year of college basketball because you're not going to have this same steady flow of fluidity that you've had with prior teams. You're going to have a lot more ebbs and flows, like you said, but your position this year as even more of a leader, you know, obviously you were a leader the last two years, but this year in particular, you know, like it's your last year, you're the senior on the team. You got the most experience, the most as a, as a, from a player standpoint, the most perspective than the rest of your guys. So like just being in that position for yourself to like, just be able to rally the troops in a game in March. That's like that Texas game. So that when you're down 12, you can come back same way you came back against Michigan state. Like, the Michigan State game was different. You were on fair playing territory. There was really no home court advantage. Yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, it was different circumstances. But your leadership role that you're kind of stepping into this year, I think super important just for you as a basketball player, your role, because um, you have to take it more serious. You had other guys. You could lean on Chet. You could lean on Jalen. Not that you can't lean on guys this year, but, like, there's more pieces getting accustomed to this mm-hmm. system than there ever was. So it, it falls a lot on your shoulders to rally them. Yeah, and I think obviously like something that I've been trying to do is just make sure I'm locked in every single day because, I mean, you know the practice grind. There's like you got a lot – you got a test or a lot of classes or you had a fun night or something. You're like, nah, I can chill. Like I don't really got to do nothing. Like I'll just get through practice. And I think 
that's the biggest thing I've been trying to change is just making sure every single day, like I'm giving my all, I'm, I'm mentally focused the whole time. I'm pushing myself like every day. So I think for me, like from that aspect of the leadership uh, areas where I'm trying to grow, especially like on this squad, because I think it's needed. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's only going to take you guys further. But one thing I thought that was interesting after the Texas game was some people on Twitter were talking about is Coach Few didn't let any of you talk to the media after that Texas game. Did you know that was going to happen? Do you even know why? Like, is is that normal sometimes? Obviously, you haven't lost a lot of games like that in your career there. But like, what was your outlook on, on that, yeah, that I, happening? I didn't know uh, why or the reason or anything for that. But uh, I would say we didn't deserve to talk to anybody after the game just because uh, – we definitely got our teeth kicked in, so uh, yeah, we didn't deserve it, I guess. Yeah, it was it was tough. It was honestly a bummer because like I know so many people were so excited for that game, especially you guys, like mm-hmm. your team, your guys' group, and it just was one of those days where it just wasn't your night. However, you know you're in a great system, you got great people leading you guys and Coach Few and the rest of your staff, and so you bleed into this Kentucky game that was on Sunday. You had four days of preparation, three days of preparation for it. What's the process like after this 20-point loss to Texas? Like, how was Coach View? What the hell was the vibe like? Was it, you know, was there tension in the room? Was the film session brutal? Like, break down the post-Texas atmosphere back in Spokane leading up to that, you know, that Kentucky win. Yeah, I would say we definitely were um, embarrassed of how we played, you know. Kind of had our tail tucked between our legs. And uh, Coach was an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, like, he has to be, you know. That's just unacceptable for us to come out and play that way. And uh, the practices we had were just long, grueling, brutal, and just getting after it, just getting back to the basics. I mean, yeah, they, Texas played a re- hell of a game and everything, but a lot of the stuff that happened, like even on film, we were like, God, like if we just cleaned up like two or three areas that were self-inflicted wounds, like our turnovers and our just defensive talking and rotations – it would have been a, it would have been a closer game and a different game. So uh, just really, just getting after it for like three hours every day until the Kentucky game is crazy. No day off on that Thursday either. I'm assuming, right? Oh no! Right, right back. We had a right uh, in the gym. film walkthrough day, and walkthrough quickly turned into we're going at it. <laughs> I love that. Cause you you gotta know in the back of your head, like, bro, at some point he is gonna just say, "Fuck it, full go." Like, I don't give a shit if you oh, guys aren't taped. Like, I got taped go. before film. I go, I already know what's about to happen. This is not yeah. my first rodeo in this, so I'm like, <laughs> I told our trainers, like, let's get taped up. <laughs> how how long was the film session? And like, it was one of those film sessions of like, he's pausing it every every two seconds, critiquing, you know, ripping somebody. It was one of those vibes. Yeah, I mean. There wasn't that many clips, but let me tell you, it was a long sesh. <laughs> we, were, uh, we were just sitting in there, and we were just like, oh, can this – please don't be me, this clip. Please don't be me, this clip. And, and and it didn't matter even if you were a part of that specific player action. Everyone on the screen was getting it. It was it was yeah. a good one. Oh, the, I love it. Because you know what I said to you in episode one, where, like, they have all of this stuff in their brain, and they can just pour it onto the whiteboard mm-hmm. for, like, pregames and stuff. Like, in a film session – like you could have nothing to do with like three clips in a row, but somehow, some way, he'll still find a way to be like, dude, your left, your left foot wasn't in the paint. You weren't in help side. Get the fuck over. Like, yeah, no. like you pick at something. They're doing a, a pick and roll, or the guards are exchanging, and uh, he's getting on the guards for not exchanging. It's like, and then like I'm in the other corner, but I'm not in the paint. He's like, what are you doing? Like, 
get your ass in the paint and stuff. And it's just like, ah, like, dang. I thought I was safe this clip. Those are the brutal, like, dog days of college basketball, like, especially when you come off a loss. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I mean, they, they're the, they're the like, they're dog days, but they're so important because, like, if, if you really have the locker room, which obviously Coach Few does, like, those are the days where you guys, like, truly figure out, like, how to play. And the next time you're down 17, how you can come back, mm-hmm. you know, in an environment like that and win the game. Um, cause you learn you, if you're paying attention, truly, if you're paying attention, you're attentive in those film sessions, you will learn a lot that will carry over onto the court. Exactly. I mean, that's what, that's how you build your character. Like sometimes you gotta like, just kind of take it and like, just adjust and learn from it because, uh, it could be one thing just to sit in there and be like, oh yeah, coach is going to get on us. Like we know we messed up, but like, screw it. Like, I, you know, like you're just sitting in there moping and everything, but like, you got to take it on the chin and you got to really like want to learn and see where you messed up and like straight from the film sesh to practice, fix it right away and show that you, what, what they said you took to heart to fix for the betterment of the team. And that's the biggest thing with like games and situations like that, where you do kind of get embarrassed. It's like you can mope around, but nobody feels sorry for you. And uh, you know, when the team collectively like, is really engaged and knows and owns up to what they did. And then like we answer, like that's just, that's just another brick in the wall of just our team, just getting built more and our character just going up and up, which is huge. And uh, it's all we needed. Honestly, I think it was in the long run, we can look back at that experience and be like, look, like we know it wasn't our best showing, but like we can take a lot from that and how we responded the following days. And then which led up to the game, First Kentucky, like yeah. those are the things that like you take with you into March and late in season. You have good buy-in. I'm assuming guys like obviously they don't want to get reamed, but like took it well. And mm-hmm. at what point leading into the Kentucky game did the vibes start to get back to neutral? Where it was like, all right, what happened happened at Texas. Like now we like was it set? Was it Friday? Was it Saturday? Or was it not until tip-off of that Kentucky game? Like when did shit just finally feel like all right, all right, we can breathe a little bit? It was it was after that that day we that practice that first one, okay. After like because the film was little, we got back. What did we get back at like three a.m. something like that, two a.m. Yeah, and like we kind of just came in for film and all that, and like that was the last day we were like, all right, it happened. Don't let it happen again. Screw it. Like we're on to the next, and kind of just like that next game. Because the thing about this schedule. You cannot let that bog you down, rattle your confidence because the teams that we're playing on this schedule, it could just snowball. And then it could be like you, you take a nap and shit, you lose four games in a row. And you're like, this. how did this happen? So, you know, just being able to really forget about it and then move on quickly is a, a skill within itself. So uh, that's definitely a challenge. Yeah. And, y- y- you know, I've mentioned the polar opposites of – the Texas game and then Sunday's Kentucky game and just how well you guys played. Obviously you had all the advantages that um, Texas had, you know, with being Mm -hmm. in the Spokane arena and you had double, almost double the amount of fans you normally have in the McCarthy center. And like, you know, you had all those advantages now playing into your favor and overall you guys just played a better game, but I, I, you know, it is interesting to see like the polar opposites and performances. And it's very rare when you see a good ass, very well coached college team come out and have two of those performances in a row. It just was, it was so unlikely. Like there was, I knew you guys were going to come out and play a much better game. It was more about like, how was Kentucky going to come out? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they had that loss to Michigan state and they had a couple at a game against a low major school, but you know, it was more about them. Like, were they going to 
come out well. And that kind of came out like you guys came out at Texas. But Coach Cal said, um, we'll touch on this quickly because we've got to get to a break. But he said, you know, he changed the offensive game game plan at halftime. He said, you know, Oscar couldn't run the sets because he hasn't practiced a lot. He didn't really know much that was going on. And he was like, so I just told him, like, we're going to run, you know, four out, one in, dribble drive around you, like stay under the basket, whatever. Um, and that was kind of what they did. And it kind of worked a little bit in that second half. They they cut it to five before mm-hmm. you guys, you know, were able to pull away. But I thought that was funny because, <laughs> I mean, like, he was on the team last year. Like, you don't know the fucking plays. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even to that, I would say a lot of their actions end up being four out, one in with him in the middle anyway. So, like, I don't know if they really did change their offense, but I think in the second half, their guards got more aggressive driving to the cup, I would say, and even, like, they were quicker with their actions and stuff. So, I, I mean, I guess they changed them. I don't know if they changed them in their offense, but I feel like they kind of changed their mentality. That's kind of that's kind of how I felt during that uh, stretch where they almost came back. Yeah, they had a better approach in the second half. What was – quickly, what was it like, you know, just playing against Oscar – Obviously, you said you guys are friends. You had that whole mm-hmm. Kentucky thing you explained on episode two with those rumors. But, um, you know, even playing against Coach Cal and shit, like, had to be pretty cool, pretty similar to the, the Tom Izzo stuff. Yeah, super cool. I mean, great guys. Yeah, O and I are great friends. And obviously, like, it's fun to play against them. And obviously, like, him being, like, the National Player of the Year last year, like, I obviously, like, wanted to have a big game against him and, like, kind of just... Eat up. <laughs> Eat up. Yeah, no, for real. I wanted to kind of just you know show out a little bit and be like look like i'm in the running for this too so uh obviously there's a little extra juice for me there just because i mean i think when people like think of college basketball like we're some of the first few names you would think of especially for this year so uh you know it was a fun matchup and it's one that uh i would love to have again just because it is so fun to compete against them and especially like a big school like kentucky that everyone always grows up watching and they have all the nba players like it's super cool to play against them yeah, I mean, he played well. He had what twenty eight and fifteen. You had uh, he had twenty and fifteen, I think. Oh yeah, I was reading his minutes. Sorry, he had twenty <laughs> and fifteen. Oops. Uh-huh. Yeah, you had twenty two, seven and three. I mean, pretty equal balance. I, I mean, it was a good matchup. It was fun to see. Mm-hmm. Probably could, probably didn't get enough one on one matchups as like people expected, but great for the game. I mean, it was fun to watch. Like just seeing you two obviously two candidates for the player of the year and you kind of trying to claim that throne. I love it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love the, love the turnaround for you guys. I think it's a, you know, it's what was needed. It was, it's what was expected. Um, all right. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to mix up the order just a little bit. We got some exclusive Timmy tips. First time doing that coming up. We're going to do some fan questions, preview some upcoming games. That's all coming up right when we come back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. 
OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. All right, welcome back into the Gimme Timmy podcast, episode three with Drew Timmy and Noah Bono. Remember, please subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. Drew, I want to get into, before we get into the fan questions, um, just some like tips from you and just some advice you have for high school guys trying to get recruited, whether they're fringe D1, fringe D2. It doesn't matter the player you're giving advice to. What's important? What should their focuses be? Like, Let's talk a little bit about just what you experienced and just kind of now that you've been through it, what you would offer down to this next generation. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing, especially with like the growth of social media and like mixtapes and everything is just like playing for cloud or trying to always make like the highlight play or like, let me do this crazy no look spin pass. And then it's a turnover. Like coaches do not like that stuff at all. Like it, it, it doesn't translate, honestly. Like there's, there's obviously guys who can do that and it works for, but on the whole, it's something that not a lot of people can do at a high level and do it well. So I think like really just like, sticking to your craft and doing what you excel in. I mean, obviously like you don't want to do stuff. That's not your strength. Like that, that doesn't make you look good. That doesn't help the team win. So I think like doing whatever you can to win at the best level is like the most of that translate winning translates, making the winning plays that translate that translates at any level, winning 50, 50 balls, getting the rebounds, making the simple passes, like creating shots, like, the simple stuff works and it's not all about postering someone or like taking 50 dribbles, hocking, ankle breaking someone and stuff like that stuff's cool, but it doesn't always translate. I would say. Yeah. There's definitely like a version of what these younger kids see on social media in particular. That's like sort of detrimental to them. Cause I think it programs them to think like, well, I need the poster dunk and I need to average 25 a night and I need that. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, not always, it's not always like that. Like there's a lot more simple stuff that can be done to position themselves to coaches, like playing on a good AAU team, making sure that you're playing against good competition or other important things. And then, like you said, playing to your strengths, man. Like if you're not good at something, get in the gym and work on it. Mm -hmm. But in the game, like just try to, until the other stuff you're working on gets up to speed, focus on the things that you are good at. I mean, a good example I could say is, is myself. Like I had, I like out on balls life a lot and everything like but i i just i'm not i'm not dunking on people all the time i'm not crossing people over all the time like i just have good footwork and i just play play my tail off and i'm yes i do i like in high school i think i average like like 20 and like 15 or something but like i just i just played my game and played to my strengths i wasn't doing step back threes or anything because that's not my strength and like just sticking to like the process and what i do best is what helped me get recruited and helped me getting on like ballist life and all those things that came with it but like i was just me i wasn't trying to like be someone i wasn't i would say yeah i mean if you could give some perspective to a young big man and a young guard obviously you have more of an outlook on the bigs but just something that's important for those guys to keep building their foundation you know is it touch around the rim is it footwork is it defensive positioning like what what are some things 
that can help them accelerate their process, you know, again, to keep positioning themselves to schools, what would you tell them? I would definitely say for big men, like, it's okay to be uncomfortable doing something or trying something different. Like, sometimes in the gym, I'll just come in and, like, just, just fuck around and, like, do weird angles with my pivots and weird finishing angles and stuff that I probably would never do in a game. But every now and then I just find something I like or even doing like like guard footwork. I'm like, oh, my God, like this footwork, I, I like how it feels when I do it. But it's something that takes me like a couple tries. Like my guy, Tyler Ralph, like we work out a lot when I'm back home. That's my guy. And like, you know, he's crazy on social media with the tennis balls and everything like monster. He's like he's like a Red Bull can. <laughs> he's like a can of red bull if he was a trainer like he's just always high energy talking shit like love the dude to death but like the stuff like he we do guard workouts and like crazy footwork and like that stuff is it makes me feel uncomfortable like i struggle with some of the footwork stuff that a guard would do but like the more i do it the more it kind of feels more natural to me the more i'm able to use it in game like against uh Shiway, like when I was going to the cup, I was putting the ball in front of me or in and outing and like changing my body. You know how I dribbled, like moving my shoulders more, taking an extra step to the left to just have that subtle misdirection to make him shift his main, his main frame outside of mine. So I get that edge going to my right hand. Like it's stuff like that that you wouldn't think would benefit me at all, but like it does in those certain aspects. Like that's what helps with your footwork, maybe. The finish I like to do where I scoop under people, like that came from me just messing around, seeing what would work because I wasn't scoring. Like I think being okay to get out of your comfort zone can help you figure out more that benefits your style in a different way. Yeah, you you push a certain limit that like you probably would assume is not you or it's unnatural. And I think a lot of ballers just – they kind of just come to like – to the their senses of like you do it a couple of times you're like wait I could I could mm-hmm. shoot this reverse jelly layup like you had that one reverse against Michigan State where you were on the right side and you went reverse to the left with your right hand and you did the little you had the backspin on it and you got the corner of the glass and you got it like mm-hmm. I don't think you probably thought you could have done that you know at some point in high school you would have <laughs> never thought to do that <laughs> yeah just like crazy things you try and like let me tell you, trying that shot in like high school and stuff when I was doing it, I mean, I would just hit straight the backboard to come straight back down or I'd throw it over the hoop. Like it was uncomfortable and something that I really struggled with. But the more I kept working at stuff like that, because I'm like, this shot could be really effective with me, especially with how teams like to double me. But once I pick the ball up, they want to leave. Then I could step yeah. through and still get to the cup and make a high like it's a, it's a high volume shot for me, efficient shots. So like. But it wasn't at first. Like I had to get out of my comfort zone to get comfortable taking that shot. Yeah, I think something too that you can definitely touch more on than I can is just the patience that you have to have in the post when you know b- before making before even getting the ball, getting positioning, then you get the ball. The patience that you have to have, but you have to be comfortable with being patient in the post. Like you have to be so comfortable and confident when you have the ball and it's in your court. And you can make a decision. If the double comes, mm-hmm. you kick it. You dribble out. You pass to someone else. Maybe you split the double, get to the rim. Maybe you spin off before the double comes and you score it. Like, there's a comfortability in that post-up position that guys, young guys, I think, struggle with, like, the patience of. Mm-hmm. Because they think they got to rush. Everything's got to yeah. be so fast. It's like, oh, I catch the ball. I got to go. I got to go. I mean, yeah, like, you you have time. Like, there's no need to be in a right. rush. And 
Right. I'll give you two examples from the Kentucky game. When I post up, I'm usually not I'm usually not looking at my man. I'm looking behind him because that's usually where the help comes from, either the weak side or the guy or the post feeder himself. So I look at the post feeders man first, and then I look behind, look over my shoulder and see where the defense is setting. So when I hit Ross here for a, a three in the late in the second half, which was a huge three, I caught the ball in the post and immediately I looked over my shoulder and I saw all the Kentucky players looking right at me. And Ross here shifted a little bit to the right, and I just fired it right, right over the one of the Kentucky players' heads. And it was a wide open three because he was looking at me and not facing his man. So I knew he wouldn't be able to turn and close out by the time he got the shot off. And then the other example is I caught it on the right wing and I threw this over the head pass to Hunt. And then Ton got the put back dunk. That was in the second half as well. That was sick. But like, if you notice when I catch the ball, I didn't even try to score. I just looked right over my shoulder like that just to see where the defense was. And, Hunter just is a great cutter. He just snuck behind the Kentucky dude, and I, I saw that tight window, and I just fired it in there. Thank God it went to him because that was a pretty ballsy pass. No, I, I, I think those are all, especially for the big men, mm-hmm. whatever young young big men we have listening to this, even just young young hoopers in general need to understand pace and patience um, and just not feeling like you get the ball. Like my Achilles heel was I used to catch the ball and I would put it on the ground right away. I would catch it and just start dribbling. Oh, I never looked. Our coach would, nev- hate you. would hate <laughs> most you. Coaches, <laughs> most coaches did hate me because all I could do is shoot. Um, no, but it took me a while to just get comfortable like in in certain systems and just like, I mean, most of the time I was on scout team, but like even in that, there was so much that got thrown at us. And it was like I had one of our GAs came up to me my, my first year at Duquesne and was like, hey, I'm not saying this to be a dick, but like, I counted how many times today you caught the ball and dribbled right away without like looking for even one second. He was like, it was 14. And I just want to tell you this so that you can like fix it. Cause I know you want to get better. I know you want to work at it. And I was like, Oh my God, I was so mad at myself because these are when like, these are small examples of like when things start to click for you mm-hmm. on the importance of just taking your time. Like how often do you see a guy in the NBA or a good college player catch the ball and you know, unless it's they see they're seeing the play mm-hmm. before it even happens, and then they make their they just they go quick. Most times they're methodical and they're going to catch the ball. They're going to give you a jab step, a pump. And fake. that's why, like, I think a lot of people say, including myself, like the game just slowed down for me. I stopped thinking as much, and I just you kind of let the game come to you, and you just take what the defense gives you because you have the advantage of the offensive player. There's no need to be in a rush to get to your move, get to a pass, get to the next action, like. You are in control. You are the one who sets the precedence of what's going to happen and how it's going to happen for the most part. And like you, yeah. and the defense reacts to you, not the other way around. So that's yeah. why it's important, like, to be patient and to really assess a situation. Yeah, you you got to if you don't if you don't assess and look at what the hell is going on around you, and you just say fuck it, I'm driving into the middle of the paint. Well, I mean, what a dumbass. Like, you're going to get stripped. The help side's standing right there. Why would you go right? You should have went left. Or you should have just skipped through the skip pass because the help is so pulled over. Like, And whoever your coach is is going to look down the bench, be like, come here, get him. And he's going to be like, come sit right next to me. <laughs> good, thing, good thing there wasn't a lot of times that I could get subbed out on scout team because, man, yeah. if there was, I'd have been getting my ass. So. <laughs> um, now, I think that's all really cool. It's super important to 
you know, for like, if there's any young people listening, like just that, you know, are aspiring to play college basketball or maybe young players in college basketball, like some of those things that Drew's talking about with patience and, you know, just being comfortable and even getting in the gym and working on certain stuff. Like, you know, we can, we can incorporate a little bit more of this. Um, Cause obviously Drew, you got a great perspective on just like how to figure out what works for you as a player, what doesn't work. And then how to just, like we said, way in the beginning, play to what does work, play to your strengths and try to just stay away from doesn't work. What doesn't work. If you're not a three point mm-hmm. shooter, take one dribble in, shoot the 17 footer. You're probably much better at it. If not put your back to the basket, strictly play in the post, try to be a facilitator out of the post. You can do, you can always do more like yeah. whether you think so or not. So yeah, super cool. Um, really like that. Why don't we wrap up with just some, some cool fan questions. We had some good ones come in today. Um, mostly positive. I will wow. brief. I will, Wow. We'll start off with that. Mostly positive. Um, Look at you guys, man. Yeah. So what, <laughs> what do we need the negativity for, man? Like, we, you know, you didn't hurt anybody. I mean, I guess if 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 you if that Texas game was different, maybe people would have been meaner. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. First one. Question for the pod. This is from Darren Alexander. We're seeing increased number of turnovers so far this season. Has this been discussed as a team? And what can you guys do to bring the number down? Go Zags. <laughs> That is a great question. Um, we have been turning the ball over at a high clip. I think our OER for the game was 1-2, and we had 18 turnovers. That's pretty insane. I mean, if you – I mean, I saw Sean Farnham say this today. He was like, if you would have told me Gonzaga would beat Kentucky by like 15 and had 18 turnovers, I would have told you that's not going to – like, that's impossible. And I, part of that's on me. I t- I've turned the ball over at a pretty high clip. Like, that can't happen. I got to clean my stuff up especially like passing quickly more quickly out of like the double teams and stuff. I've probably been taking too much time, even though we talked about patience earlier. And then um, also we did play two high pressure teams like Texas and Kentucky do pressure the ball a lot. You're going to have way more possessions just because of how fast we play and they play. So I think it's to the game, but also we can definitely clean some stuff up and it's something that we have to get better at. Okay. Next one. Hayden Dietrich said, curious to know from Drew how much he thrives off the reaction he gets from the crowd from just being him. Does he think the team gets any edge from getting under the skin of the opposing team? <laughs> I honestly, like I, I believe the game is 95% mental. And I think anytime I see people get mad, annoyed or with me or my team, like I love it. It makes me like, makes me excited I'm like got him and i think even like <laughs> yep <laughs> got him and like or anything i can do to like take an opponent off their off their focus or that edge like that's what i try to do every time because i would say for me i can joke around laugh and have fun and smile and still be locked in and still have that that fire and gleam in my eyes and i think it's harder for some people so anytime i can kind of break their focus or concentration is is huge for me yeah, I like this one. Luke Butler asked, did playing in the Spokane Arena feel much different than the kennel, or did it feel like the kennel was double the size? Looked like there was more students, but it was but was it as loud and toxic of an environment as the kennel? I will say the kennel is one of a kind. I don't think it was as good as the kennel, but that don't get it twisted. That place was fucking electric. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> like it when was I dope. S- when dope. I saw the the when it whatever the broadcast first turned on, I was like, "Where the fuck are they? Like, what what is this arena? Yeah. Like, I don't even know. I, I had my my girlfriend look up because I was like, I forgot, I was doing something on my phone. I was like, "Hey, can you look this up really quick?" And it was like, 
She said it's like some junior hockey team plays there or something. So I yeah, don't know what like, goes it's on like there. Five minutes down the road from campus, so I mean it's it's close, but it, yeah, it, it was it was packed in there, and it was it was pretty cool because behind their hoop in the second half, like it was just the whole total wall of students, and that I mean they were they were hammered, having a great time. I was jealous. I was like, dang, I want to I want to get up there and have a beer. Like it was electric. Oh my god, yeah. If I was in that crowd, would have been wasted anyway. <laughs> That it, it did look electric, like that twelve thousand versus the six thousand at the kennel. It looked fire. It looked like what a thing to be like in the middle, yeah, like was, to be the center of attention on. Um, next one is Zags fans. That's the account. Are we going to see more point God Drew? Two eye emojis. I've always pushed the ball and always done that since high school. That's just part of the game. I mean. Obviously, most teams don't lane out like Kentucky does. So, like, those driving lanes are really open for me. But, yeah, I mean, if the opportunities there, I for sure will. Coach loves when that happens. It's good for the team when it happens because then it forces the defense to collapse more, which leaves our shooters open. So, yeah, I mean, if it's there, no question. It's a good It's a good offense for us. Oh, someone said, someone said, Ask Drew if he is dunking more on purpose. Also have him talk about the noise at Moody Center. It seemed like Gonzaga players couldn't hear the coach and were confused at times. You you were punching some shit against Kentucky. I was like, yo, did he did he do like did he take pre workout and like snort it or something like before the game? <laughs> what the hell is going on? Like you, the reverse that didn't count, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't gonna lie. I haven't seen that clip, but I was like, that one felt so good. I was so sad it didn't count because I had a mean stash Shelly coming. I know. I'm glad one. the whistle, even when the whistle blew, you still decided, like, well, I'm still gonna dunk it. Fuck it. Like, nah, I've just been working out a lot more. So, like, I just, I've just felt way better, stronger, more athletic. I feel like I'm moving better. Like, I think just a culmination of things has really kind of helped me just, like, feel better and, like, more confidence when, like, going to dunk and stuff. Like, I feel a little bit lighter. I feel more strong, explosive. Like, I think it's just a culmination of things that have led to that, but also, like, changing the mindset to dunk more. Like, the play I really think of about me dunking more was that play where Ton threw the ball over the top to me and I dunked it. Usually that's on a the, layup for me, a below the on rim, the Brit, yeah. maybe touch the bottom of the backboard layup, and I just dunked it. Like <laughs> you do a little pad, <laughs> backboard pad swap, yeah, yeah, like a layup line thing. So I think like yeah. a culmination of those things, along with the mindset and confidence, like like it's easier for me to dunk and everything. I think is for sure helping me dunk yeah. more. I'm gonna piss listeners off um, and not ask you about what you just said with your body feeling better, your training regimen kind of changing, feeling more athletic. Uh, we're gonna get into that on episode four because I. We don't have enough time, and I do really want to dive into that with you because I think that that's a super, super important piece. Um, but I'm going to make listeners mad. We're going to wait for episode four or five to do that. But last two. You tease. Yeah, I'm a tease. I'm a tease. <laughs> we got to get them to come back, man. What true, the fuck? True, um, All right, last two. Question to Drew for the pod. This is from Aiden Althus. Oh, Althus. That's my boy. All ties. Okay, this is this is Drew's man's. Uh, do you ever regret not joining the high school golf team? All right, not gonna lie, I'm a pretty shitty golfer. Actually, I I golfed at a course up here in Spokane, and I shot par on three holes. No, two holes. Never done bad. that legit, like legit par. Like no give me's, no like. I'm the kind of guy that'll like off the tee box, hammer a grounder like thirty yards, go up to the oh. ball and just throw it down the course. 
because I saw. Oh, yeah, you can't can't golf with you then. No, I like I'll throw <laughs> the ball down the course. I'm like, that was a shitty hit. Like, give me a range ball, I'll just chuck it down the course. But uh, why not just re why not just redrive it? Because I suck at it. So like it's a it's <laughs> okay, amazing. So we need to go to the driving range first. <laughs> I need a lot of help and I need clubs that fit. But yeah, funny story. Key. So he was on the golf team and he was we were I was golfing with him. You know, we were just having fun, just hanging out, and uh, we played a game. Who could just chip it better out of the bunker? And guess who won and took his money? This guy. So like, mm. do I need the golf team in high school? I don't know because I might be him mm. out of the bunker. That's all I got to say. Golf's tricky, man. I've I've played like a decent amount, and I'm still really bad at it. You definitely need clubs that fit you, mm-hmm. and there's such a science to it, man. You need. I I always say it. I'm like, I won't enjoy golfing until I just like bite the bullet and go get a couple lessons. Yeah. So I can get real tips, you know. Like I I have a little understanding, but yeah, golf's fun. I, I bet it's way more fun for the people who like, you know, it clicks for like. It was fun clicks. for me because I had so much improvement the last time I went that I was like damn, I want to go play more because I think I'm actually getting relatively yeah. better for me. <laughs> Dude, last quick thing on golf. I played in May, 18 holes. Ooh. I was horrible. Ooh. I was the worst in the group. And then I didn't touch a club the rest of the summer. And I just went to Top Golf recently on my birthday. <laughs> and I am not kidding. I was clubbing that ball. Mm. I just needed some time away from the game. Bro, I sometimes got some... when you're shooting, you're in a shooting slump. You just yep. get away. You don't even touch a ball for a day or two. You come back and you're like, I can't believe it's not butter. Like, Dude, my, mecha- my mechanics got better. They were just in this place where I was like, all right, you know, I'm not as stressed. I'm not trying to hit the ball mm-hmm. as hard. You know what? This is a great idea I just came up with. What? We should do a video podcast at Top Golf, where we talk, drink, have some fun, hit some golf mm-hmm. balls for the viewers compare golf swings and mechanics like it could be great it could be great i've been i've been talking to my brother about like when i'm gonna get out to spokane for a game for a three-point shootout i think we group that all into one weekend i think i think it i think we have to that's gonna be a crazy week of content that's all i gotta say i'm gonna be so drunk every day (laughs) (laughs) i'm not even a big drinker i'm just bullshitting okay last question this is from ryan bick if I send Drew something to sign, will he sign it as Drew Hemi? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know what? Just for you, Mr. Bick, I got you. <laughs> I told you they're all pretty positive. I like that. All right, we got to take our last break here. We're going to talk about the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament coming up, Drew's body and how he's feeling early in the year, and just some different approaches he's been taking this year. That's all coming up right when we come back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, what's up, everybody? We're back on the Gimme Timmy podcast, episode three. Please make sure you remember to subscribe to the podcast. Again, we can't stress enough how important it is for Drew's sleep at night. He had fantastic sleep Saturday night, led to a huge win Sunday night against Kentucky, and that's what we're striving for out here, boys. Drew, I mean, let's dive right into what's coming up. You got the you know the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament uh, this weekend. Obviously, we're recording this on Monday night, and so you know throughout this week leading up to that tournament. 
there's a lot of different potential matchups of teams that you guys could play. Um, so why don't you touch on, you know, just some expectations about playing in such a cool tournament like this, being around a lot of other high-powered teams across the board? Yeah, it's a, it's a stacked tournament for sure. I mean, there's a lot of high-level teams in there, and they all play different, which is obviously a challenge just because you can't really relate one team to another in play style for the most part. So I think being able to play, like, different teams, and the, the games are – Thursday, Friday, Sunday. So it's like bang, bang, one day, and then another game. So it kind of reminds me of the NCAA tournament from the setup of where you play a game, you get one prep day, then you play again. And those quick turnarounds and having to like totally like go from one team where your whole time is devoted to to a quick turnaround right to another team. And it's hard to prep for a team in one day. So it'll kind of be a good challenge and good prep for us. Uh, you know, something that we can take with us in March. Yeah, high-powered list of teams duke oregon state florida xavier purdue west virginia Uh, obviously if you guys keep winning you'll play the winner of purdue and west virginia if you win that game you'll get to the championship round where you could play the other side of the bracket which consists of the xavier florida oregon state and duke would be pretty cool if you played really any of those teams um obviously the most high profile matchup would be if you guys ended up playing duke um which would be crazy man you'd play michigan state kentucky duke all in like your first five games of the year. I mean, but even that doesn't really, you can apply that to whoever you end up playing in this tournament. Like there's going to, you're, you're going to be playing this list of like these, it's, it's a, it's a great early test for you. Like we were saying earlier for you guys to just kind of keep figuring out your identity. Um, but the more important matchup I think that we should talk about is just that people are, can really get excited for is that Baylor matchup. Because that's set in stone. We don't know who you're going to end up playing mm-hmm. in this Phil Knight Legacy Tournament. Yeah. But that Baylor matchup, December 2nd, a couple guys returning on this team for you. Uh, for you guys, you know, you got Anton, Julian, Dom, yourself. Um, excited for that? Does it mean a lot to you? I mean, obviously, there's not your same core that lost. Mm-hmm. So you're going to war with different guys. But you probably have a little bit of a, a vendetta. For, I mean, I, I would assume. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I, I want our lick back for sure. Like. They, you know, they they took it to us, and then it's a good game. But I mean, they also have a different team as well. I think they returned Flo and uh, Everyday John. I think I think those are the only two players they've returned because I mean, all those guards that they had left, and um, so I mean, obviously we're two different teams than what we both were at that time. But uh, yeah, man, they beat us, and uh, I'd love to even up the series just because uh, I don't like to be on the losing side of any series. I hear you. Um, a lot of different matchups that could come your way. And just the rigorous grind of college basketball is already kind of starting to take its hit on you. Is it or, you know, is that just natural? Like, like how is your body holding up during these games? And how are you feeling on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I, I will say today, which is the day after the Kentucky game, like, I felt pretty beat up and sore and exhausted. And honestly, like, the grind of a season, it hits the hardest at the beginning and at the very end. Because at the beginning, your body's not necessarily conditioned to that grind of practice and games and everything. Then towards the middle of the, the season, like your body kind of gets conditioned to it and everything. And then at the end, it's just like, shit, you played a lot of games and you've lied a lot of minutes and practices. But I've been making sure, you know, to get in my cold tub, get some cupping done, I'm getting extra rehab. I would say that's an area of growth for me. You know, in the earlier segment, we talked about kind of just my diet and like weight training. Like, I've actually taken like recovery serious. So, like, making sure I get in the ice tub every day instead of 
chilling in the hot tub like a dumbass for 45 minutes after practice just on tiktok or something <laughs> like i've been making sure to like actually like take care of my body because what they say is true your body is a temple your mind can feel good but if your body feels like crap you're gonna perform like crap and vice versa drew you're sounding like a real pro man i mean well, that's the type of stuff that clicks for guys when they start real like oh i'm trying to be a pro <laughs> trying to be a pro i will say uh coming back for the senior year like you you really do learn some stuff and uh, you're not as young as you used to be because you know what the craziest thing is to me? Hmm. When we're in AAU, you play like six games in two days and then you go have one practice here in one game and you are wiped out. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't even know how like that's still like a thing. Like do these older dudes, older people scheduling this shit just not care about the... Dude, I didn't even really know what stretching was until I was like a, like a like a I don't know freshman sophomore in high school like, and I can promise you I didn't really start stretching my hip flexors until like my junior year, and it it was only to my detriment. I mean, sure, like I probably was introduced stretching and didn't give a shit when I was younger, but still, like playing that many games as a kid, even if you know what stretching is and you're doing a great job at stretching out your body, it's like what how what are we doing? Dude, when no, I, what are we doing? <laughs> like, I know when I when I was in AU, I could literally eat like a Kit Kat or something in two minutes in like two minute warm up because you know sometimes the game's going to overtime and they got this schedule they got to follow. It's like you get two minutes and you go, and you're fine. It doesn't matter. And then after the game, you're all hanging out at the gym because you got to stay up there all damn day because it's too far to go home. So like you hang out with your team all day and you eat. Cheetos or some some bullshit in a Gatorade <laughs> in between games. Boiled hot dog. You don't ice. You don't do anything but sit and get on your phone and run around and play tag or some some dumb something dumb or tips. <laughs> and then you go back out there for another three minutes, run around, get a light sweat before the game, and you're off. And you do that like four times in two days. And it's just like, where did that go? Why can't I get that back? You get the you want it back? If I could have, I'm advocating against this. Are you? Are you pro? I'm talking about the way that I was able to just play so many games without oh, stressing okay. or doing or doing recovery, I gotcha. like that aspect. No, I need the rehab and recovery and stretching. Like it's mandatory for me now, and like I'm understand the value, and I'm totally on board with that. But yeah. just that that kid energy where you can just get thrown into a million games and be fine. I guess that's why I didn't stretch is because I knew, like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm You're just, like, give me, like, 20 minutes to get yeah. some water, and then I can go play again. <laughs> it's just like, what? You're stiff a little, but then it's just simple to, like, you, once you you start getting that initial sweat, you're like, oh, I could go for two more hours. Like, I'm good. But, yeah, I mean, I think, like, to taking it serious for you in particular where you're at now in your career like your body's different, like mm -hmm. recovery's a little not obviously it's not you're not 38, you're not LeBron well, where like you got to yeah, you, if know, you don't go on you Twitter then yeah, I'm I'm not 38. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But like for your sake, like you're still are obviously super young where your body is going to recover at a faster rate anyway just because you are only 22. Maybe it's not as fast as when you were 15, but you know, I think it's cool to hear like you kind of just stepping into more of that professional mindset on like hey man, my body is my temple. Like any teammate I've had in my career, like it was always cool when like my teammates would talk about that stuff because like I come from a chiropractic family. Like mm -hmm. both my parents are chiropractors. So like I grew up around like your body is your temple. Like 
So it clicked for me earlier than it clicked for a lot of like players mm-hmm. that I played with that are way better than me. And I'm like, dude, if you would just stop drinking Mountain Dew at 9 a.m., bro, <laughs> you would be killing. <laughs> like, so I don't know. I always kind of love when like it find certain things like that click for guys because you you'll see how far it, it can take you. Like I was listening to Chris Paul. He was saying stuff about like how much better his body has felt since he went full vegan. Like he doesn't eat any meat. He has a whole uh, I hope I'm not misquoting him. I think he's a full vegetarian, like doesn't eat meat. Damn. Obviously, he has his nutritionist and his his chef that prepare him like all great meals. He's always been a little injury prone like, throughout his career. But mm-hmm. I think like, you know, he's had some minor stuff with this diet. But he's he's been on the court a lot more in his older age than you probably would have expected. And it's correlated to his diet. I mean, so diet, post-game recovery. I love it. I, I, I'm I'm happy for you that it clicked, man, because it's super important. <laughs> no, it is like it is crazy. Like you hear about it all the time, and it's like you're beating a dead horse. Like it's a broken record. Like yeah, you're as a kid, you're like I get it. I got to do this stuff. Like whatever. But then like when like you know when you get to that point where like after the game, it's like ooh, I'm actually a little more sore than I usually am. Like it just gets to that point where you're like, damn, I really got to get sweaty and like get in my stretching my ice tub my recovery like i gotta make sure i stretch after a game like you can't just put bags of ice on you gotta actually stretch and then put some ice on like stuff like that it's just it's it's, it's a little sweaty for me but well, you know like it's you what, gotta do what you oh, gotta do stop it what is you're not gonna get away what is sweaty man <laughs> you keep saying this i'm not hip what what the fuck is this dude a sweat is someone like is this an ultimate ultimate try hard like Coach is like, all right, we got to walk through day. Like, you don't need to tape. And then there's this kid that's just sprinting off actions, like, <laughs> like yelling and hooting and hollering. And it's like a chill day. Or like, you're playing like Call of Duty, and the dude just slide cancel bunny hopping and everything, and like YY tapping, spamming, and or like the the kid in Fortnite. They're like, you're pushing a dude in Fortnite, and he just builds a mansion and like ultra edits on you. Like, take a shower, bro. Like calm down like that's a sweat (laughs) dude but you've used it in positive connotations like oh that's sweaty bro like i've heard you say it in a positive way oh yeah you're describing this in a negative way it can be a good thing and a bad thing i would say it's easier to understand as a bad thing like so give us the give us the good way like i'm a sweat in fifa like i take pride in just how like greasy in the game i'm gonna get like i'm locked in like you're not breaking my mental fortitude when I'm on the sticks in FIFA. Like I'm, I'm in it to win it, and I'm not taking it out. Like I get sweaty. Like, <laughs> okay, I'll do. Something. I definitely was, I definitely was the tryhard. Sometimes he'd say like, "Yeah, we're only going fifty percent today." I'd be like, "Fuck that! I'm busting ass today. Like, <laughs> put a hand up, cause I'm on fire." I, I didn't care. So I was, I'm, I'm a tryhard. Fine. I won the physical education award my senior year of high school. <laughs> Can I, get, hey, a new, can said, I get a new co-host? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, Jim was my favorite. I'm one of those guys that'll admit Jim was like my favorite period. We had block scheduling, so it'd be like you had 80 minutes of each thing, only four classes each semester. Damn. So you had Jim for, you know, it'd take 20 minutes to get changed and get whatever yeah. warmed up. You had 60 minutes to hoop, play flag football, play spike ball. We get a full a workout I ain't gonna lie. We at, didn't have that at, at my high school. Shit was fire. I mean, props to it. All right. I'm hip to sweaty. I hope people understand the lingo. I don't know if I'm gonna start using it, but I kinda kind of, I think I'm you I might. think I might I might 
convert. I don't know. It's a multi-dimensional um, term. It can go good and bad. It fits a lot of situations. Like you'd be surprised how many situations it fits for. I've and I feel like I'm gonna end up using it in the negative way, but uh, <laughs> whatever. Um, all right, y'all. We appreciate you guys tuning in. That is a wrap for episode three. This was a good one, man. I hope people enjoyed. We hope you guys subscribe. Drew, what do you got signing off before we talk to everybody next week? Hey, man. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Make sure you guys subscribe. It'll help me get some better sleep, which hopefully equates to some more W's like we just got. Big dubs. So uh, let's keep the hype train going, baby. And hey, man. Thank you, guys. Hey, and that sleep thing is real, okay? We're not just saying it to fuck around. Subscribe. He'll get better sleep. to win games. <laughs> nah, but on a serious note, have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Peace. This has been a presentation of the College Athletes Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.